My name is Onyx. Thank you for joining me for Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. The topics in this podcast will vary as I am led. All that wander are not lost. Hey, welcome back to uh, another episode of the podcast, Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. Now, after my last episode, in which I discussed Malkut, it occurred to me that if I'm going to go down that rabbit hole of the Kabbalah, then there may be some of the listeners that are unfamiliar with it. So I decided to create an episode in which I explain what the Kabbalah is and some of its arrangements and functions. Now it might help, especially if you're not familiar with it, to have a diagram of the Kabbalah handy while you're listening to this episode. If you listen to this episode without the diagram and you get lost somewhere in what I'm trying to, to get across, then certainly go back and, and, and grab a diagram of the Kabbalah and, and look at it uh, as, as you go through this with me. So the Kabbalah is a system that maps the evolution of consciousness and the manifestation of experiential reality. It's frequently described as the Tree of Life. So, the Kabbalah models how the perception of physical form emerged from more subtle aspects of reality that through the interactions of the whole gave rise to the present or phenomenal world. The Kabbalah is long established in Jewish mysticism. Hermetic Kabbalah, Kabbalah is the theoretical foundation that I will be discussing. But since the history of the Kabbalah is, is widely documented, and, and you can find it anywhere, or a lot of places, I should say, I'll focus here more on the theory behind the Kabbalah as a map to chart out reality and the domains of conscious experience, as well as uses of that map for personal exploration. The first step in understanding what the Kabbalah represents is to look at the ten spheres that make it up. These ten spheres and their ordered arrangement from the top down are the center of the Kabbalah. Now the spheres are called Sephiroth, that's plural, in singular it's Sephiroth. And each one roughly corresponds to an emanation of consciousness or a state of experience that contributes holistically toward the moment-to-moment -moment reality. So we structure the Kabbalah by stacking the Sephiroth in its most common form, as you'll see in almost all diagrams, we get a series of emanations of consciousness that can be divided in three main ways. These ways in which we divide the Sephiroth are important to understanding what the Kabbalah is representing and knowing how to work with it. By far the most important way in which the Sephiroth are arranged on the Kabbalah is in three pillars or three columns of Sephiroth. 
the right column, the pillar of mercy, contains three sephirot. That's Chochmah, just said, and Nedzach. Each of the sephirot in this column is associated with a quality known as force. In fact, this column is sometimes called the pillar of force. This is the active, the expansive, the masculine component to experience. This column would roughly correspond in some Eastern systems to Yang. And it represents the phallus in sexual union. When we're discussing the Sephiroth on the pillar of mercy, we always find that these aspects of experience at some level within them, you know, these, this, which you're going to find, you're going to find that, you're going to find that they're active, expansive, masculine, okay? It's described as mercy because the expansiveness of the underlying currents of these Sephiroth in this column are consciously experienced as more blissful and liberating than those in the next column that I'll discuss. The left column. The left column, or the pillar of severity, contains three sephiroth as well. Those are Bina, Gabura, and Hod. Each of the sephiroth in this column is associated with a quality known as form. And yes, this pillar is also sometimes referred to as pillar of form. This is the passive, receptive, containing feminine component to experience. This column roughly corresponds to yin. It also corresponds to the vagina and sexual union. When we're discussing the Sephiroth on the pillar of severity, we'll find these aspects, the passive receptive containing feminine, to be the experience at some level within them. Is described as severity because of the constrained nature of the underlying currents of the Sephiroth in this column. They are consciously experienced as more restrictive and grating than those in the Pillar of Mercy or on, on the right. And then we have the middle column or the middle pillar. It contains four Sephiroth plus a hidden Sephiroth, Dayot. We'll talk about that at some other time. Those four Sephiroth are Kether, Tifereth, Yesod, and Malkut. Unlike the Sephiroth in the other two columns, the Sephiroth in this column are a bit different, and they depend on their position relative to the Sephiroth in the other two columns. The Sephiroth in the middle pillar tend to reflect balanced stages of conscious experience, stages that emerge from a balance between the Sephiroth of force, or the pillar of mercy, and the Sephiroth of form, or the pillar of severity, at higher levels of the Kabbalah, or closer together, the top. First, I want to discuss Kether, briefly. Kether is alone above all the other Sephiroth, and this indicates that is the stable stage of experience of consciousness beyond any idea of force or form. This refers to non-dual awareness and is also called source or 
point consciousness. Then there is a large gap which leads down to Tifereth. Above Tifereth on either side, pillar of force and the pillar of form, are four Sephiroth. Chokhmah and Chesed on the pillar of force and Bina and Geborah on the pillar of form. This equilibrium between force and form, between Chokhmah Bina and Chesed Geborah acts to create the Sephiroth that is represented by Tifereth. Tifereth, the stage of solar consciousness, emerges from the force form dynamics of the Sephiroth above it. The next Sephiroth in the middle pillar is Yasad, which corresponds to lunar consciousness, which is also the usual state of self-awareness for humanity. Yasad emerges as a result of the force form dynamics between three pairs of Sephiroth, Chokhmapina, Chesekabora, and Netzachot. Thus, each Sephiroth of the middle pillar, aside from Kether, is an emergent Sephiroth from the sum totals of the interactions of the dualistic Sephiroth above it on the pillars of force and form. Malkut, the final Sephiroth depicted on the middle pillar, is like Kether. It's unique. Malkut is Kether reflected on a different level, a bottom point, and it represents the gross total accumulation of the force form dynamics that gave rise to the other Sephiroth along the middle pillar and which leads to the present perception of physical reality. Although this present perception of physical reality is more of an illusion due to the confusion of a stacking of subtler archetypes over several layers of stages of conscious experience. While Kether represents primordial, primordial conscious perception free from duality, Malkut is the complete obfuscation of this fact. So going back, Kether represents the primordial concept, conscious perception, free from duality. Malkut is the complete illusion or obscuring of the fact that of what Kether represents. It's its awareness is shackled beneath the influences of the Sephiroth above it to the point that perceptions of reality and perceptions of physicality are, are the only point that we believe to be real. Moving forward, I want to talk about, before I talk about the other ways in which we classify the Kabbalah, and, and in terms of the Sephiroth, I want to discuss how consciousness descends through the Sephiroth in order to create the perception of physicality or the illusion of physicality that we talked about in Malkut. Now it all starts in Kether. Remember that Kether represents source consciousness. It is the state of God. 
Then there is a zigzag of descent as Kether moves to carve out a space for itself so it can then be fertilized by itself and repetitively subset from there. This initial impulse is primordial force or jokma and its coital partner in union is primordial form, bina. Remembering that chokma and bina on opposite sides of the pillar, one masculine, one feminine. This union bursts all of the dualistic archetypes expressed by the remaining lower sephiroth, each of which seek to express their own identities downstream as they have a sense of self-awareness derived from Kether. Ultimately, and now a sense of separation. So, from the initial birth of dualistic awareness, as we move down, we see the separation. Birth from the non-duality, the seeds of dualistic awareness, is the expansive nature of the archetypal force, or just said, that is further tempered and refined through the archetypal form Gabura, and which finds a fulcrum of self-stability in solar consciousness at Tiferet. From this stage emerge threads of individualized force, Netzach, which seek to express further subsetting movements of passion, of desire, and of which do so through certain habitual structures and patterns that are representative of the individualized forms in Hod. From the sum total of these threads of individualized forces and forms of fulcrum emergence. That is the personality that is deemed lunar consciousness or Yasat in the social, social environment. The entirety and sum total of perception through all these layers take on an idea that we know as physicality which is represented at the Sephiroth of, yes, you guessed it, Malkut. Now, this lightning flash, as you might call it, as it's called, because of the zigzag pattern, describes the process through which consciousness becomes individuated. The manner in which all of our world and universe, with its vast diversity of forms and experiences, emerges from one primordial awareness. Each of the four worlds represents a distinct stage of stable experiential reality as depicted primarily by the Sephiroth of the Middle Pillar. Each of the worlds that I'll talk about is a division of the Kabbalah into a row of Sephiroth on a similar level. The first world, absolute, or the causal plane, absolute corresponds to the top three Sephiroth of the Kabbalah, Kether, Chokhba, and Bina. Now, Kether is the singularity that is non-dual awareness, or the source consciousness. 
itself and its immediate movement, Chokmar and reception, Bina, of itself, of Kevin, that allows for a subsetting of itself to occur is what is called the causal plane. The fundamental aspect of causal experience is being beyond dualistic notions of what it means to experience. It is experience without any sense of separation between self and other. There is only one and the experience of becoming and being birthed from one. The second world, or Bria, the mental plane, corresponds to the next three Sephiroth, Chesed, Gabura, and Tiferet. This level of reality is called the mental plane, and it reflects the primordial beginnings of dualistic reality, where there are divergent archetypes that emanate from the roots of the entirety of experiences that underlie all reasons for denser or lower on the Kabbalah manifestations. All drives toward pleasure, pain, happiness, sadness, hopes, fears, etc. at a transcendental level from our ordinary human mindset. This is the realm of the higher self or the solar personality. The third world, Yetzirah, the astral plane. Yetzirah, this corresponds to the three Sephiroth of Netzik, Hod, and Yasad. This level is the astral plane and reflects the psychological mind that emerges from the interactions of the Sephiroth above this world. This is the mind of individual impulse and emotion of habit and structure, of the capacity to visualize and express oneself through our own human lens. This is the realm of the subconscious, or the lunar personality. The fourth world is called Asiya. Asiya corresponds to the Sephiroth of Malkuth. This is the physical plane. Malkuth is a sphere that represents the accumulation of the influences of the Sephiroth above it. But it also seems so neat. The physical plane is an emergent superposition of the influences of the Sephiroth above it on the Kabbalah, and hence the fourth world is representative of the head of source consciousness poking itself through the repetitively nested layers of itself that is stabilized in each of the three worlds. This world, the physical plane, feels alone, but it's actually many and all. Next, we'll talk about the triads. This is related to the notion of the four worlds. There are three sets of three. Okay, one Sephiroth on the middle pillar being related to both the Sephiroth on the pillar of mercy and the Sephiroth on the pillar of severity. The first is the supernal triad. Kether, Chukwa, and Bina are the Sephiroth of the Lagoic triangle or the supernal triad. This is the only triangle of the three with this point 
up. Kether, as the head of consciousness, gives rise to the primordial dualistic emanations of force and form that are Chokhmah and Vina. And this represents the triad, or the trinity, that corresponds to the power of the word becoming law, and of one becoming many and all. Chesed, Geburah, and Tifereth correspond to the ethical triangle and form a downward-pointing triangle, indicating that the state of solar consciousness is under the dominion of the force form dynamics of the four Sephiroth above it on the pillars of mercy and severity. These three Sephiroth resonate with the mental plane archetypes of Freya that drive and constrain the expressions of the universe and transcendental identity. Netzach, Hod, and Yasot correspond to the magical triangle and also form a downward pointing triangle indicating that the state of lunar consciousness, this is the Freudian id or the habitual personality, is under the dominion of the force form dynamics of the six Sephiroth above it on the pillars of mercy and severity. These three Sephiroth resonate with the astral plane archetypes of Yetzirah that determine the impulses and the habitual structures that define individual personalities and identities and which further obscure and drives the constraints of the higher self. So that, in a nutshell, is what the Tree of Life or the Kabbalah represent. And as I go forward in some of these different episodes of the podcast, I'll be discussing each one of those. And if you'll look at the diagram, you'll also see that there are paths leading between these Sephiroth. Now, as an addendum, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode, that each of the Sephiroth also correspond to a pip in the uh, deck of tarot, the tarot deck, the ace through, you know, the ace through tens, uh, and each one of those, obviously, with, with the different uh, with the different earth, air, fire, and water uh, elements. The, the paths between the Sephiroth all correspond to a specific card in the Major Arcana. And those I will be discussing eventually, too. So, as we move forward, I'll be discussing the Kabbalah and, and how pathworking with the Kabbalah works. Um, I like to use the tarot when I'm working with the Hermetic Kabbalah. Uh, you will see that as I go forward. Now, remember that the Kabbalah has been around for a long, long, long time. Uh, it has its origins in Jewish mysticism, although the Hermetic Kabbalah is mapped over or based on that Jewish mysticism 
it is a little bit different. And the Hermetic Kabbalah is what I generally deal with when I'm working with different things within the Kabbalah. So I hope you'll continue to listen to these podcasts. And I hope that you will send me feedback. Let me know what you think. Uh, I enjoy doing these. I don't get to them as often as I would really like to. So please check it out. I'd also like to encourage you to check out, if you have not already, International Pagan Radio. Uh, that's easy to find. It's on Facebook. There's a group. There's a page. The website is internationalpaganradio.com. Uh, this station is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, bringing you a huge and wonderful mix of international pagan music, along with shows uh, that are fun and informative by a plethora of different hosts. So, yeah, please check it out, International Pagan Radio, internationalpaganradio.com, where it's all pagan all the time. Thank you again for joining me, and remember that we are evolving, and I challenge you to be involved as we evolve. I hope that something that I've said in this episode plants a seed, and I hope that it grows fruitfully. Take care of yourself, and in all things, may you blessed be. Thank you again for joining me for Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. If anything in this episode planted a thought seed or engaged you to think that I'm blessed, it doesn't matter if you think like me, but it does matter if you think. We are evolving and I challenge you to be involved as we evolve. In all things, may you blessed be.